y'all got drama, the saga continues. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going Hello, everyone. My name is Lachlan. Uh, I, I identify as a straight white male. Uh, my pronouns are he and him. Okay. <laughs> Alright, that was P. Diddy with Bad Boy for Life. And today we're talking about a bad boy activity, scams. We'll be talking about the bad boys who have scammed people. It's going to be a fun topic. My name is Morgan, and I am joined, as always, by a couple of con artists, Lachlan the Hustler Glenn. Hello. And Baratty Madoff. <laughs> hey. I like it. How yeah. are we today, guys? Ready to expose some scammers? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've got just got a pearl uh, let's, of years. let's keep this con going. <laughs> this, this con that we've been running for 24 episodes now. Let's, mm. Yeah. The long con. PayPal.me slash Brad is a bad person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get this scheme working. That's right. Um, so, I think if we're doing an episode on scams, people are going to expect us to talk about Charles Ponzi and Bernie Madoff. But uh, I don't think any of gonna. us are talking about Don't tell us two. what to do. Yeah. I was I was originally going to talk about Bernie Madoff, but I heard the craziest story, so I have to share it with you guys. It's a little different, but oh. you'll you'll definitely enjoy it. But I was going to talk about Bernie Madoff because I know a bit about him already, and he ran the largest Ponzi scheme in history. So it's very uh-huh. interesting for that reason. But apart from that reason, it's not actually that really interesting of a story. Sorry, um, Charles Ponzi. Uh, he was the inventor. He wasn't the inventor, sorry, of the Ponzi scheme, but he did it so well and so extensively that it That's was right. henceforth named after named him. After him. Yeah, it just became synonymous with him. But um, the idea of a Ponzi scheme is that some guy at the top tells people he has a surefire way to make money. He says, give me $1,000 and I'll double it in 90 days. At least that's what Charles Ponzi said exactly. And it worked. Well, it worked for a while. (laughs) He could pay back the initial investment with the new funds given to him by new investors. The idea is that if you keep enough new people coming in, you can pay the old investments out. Uh And as you pay out the old investments, people are happy to invest more. So, it can get really, really big. But eventually, uh, there are too many people and you can't uh, can't pay back because people- yeah, you can't get enough new people to sign up. Mm. Same same issue with a pyramid scheme, but when, with a pyramid scheme, there's an actual product. There's actually something just going on. A Ponzi like, scheme is all just. It's just like um, taxpayer taxpayer funded pensions. It's you know new people paying for the old people who have already <laughs> paid for the people before them, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it is a government run Ponzi scheme, a pyramid scheme. <laughs> well, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is a Ponzi scheme, isn't it? Because there's no yeah. product. Yeah, that's right. Well, old um, people are the product. Well, that's the thing. You need more and more people all the time. If you have <laughs> exactly, if you don't have enough new young people, as you the can't population pay out the increases, exactly. Mm. See, mm. see, cancel taxes. So this is why old people should be killed when they turn eighty and turned into food to sustain the young. Well, silent greenies, I mean, people. That's, that's true, but that's not why. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is just because we can't I'm, afford them. I'm more angling for an anti-tax stance here, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> mince the old people all you want. I don't care. <laughs> Euthanasia is legal now. You heard it. Yeah. Um, legal and mandatory. 
Bernie Madoff uh, did this to the extreme. He was claiming to be a stockbroker, but he was actually just running the largest known Ponzi scheme in history. He committed fraud with $65 billion. And when it all came crashing down, he cost his investors a total of $18 billion, mm-hmm. for which he is in prison. For, for a very long time. Um, yeah, he's probably got like, you know, minimum security, probably gets like, you know- <laughs> Yeah, know. it's probably, probably a for similar stuff. setup to what Epstein had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, t- the time oh, probably- that he wasn't uh, suicided. The first time. <laughs> yeah. I'm su- yeah, the first time that he got, you know, that cushy sentence. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. Madoff doesn't have, like, a house arrest sort of situation going. Yeah. Must have been close to getting something like no. that. Um, anyway, we're not going to be talking about either of those, Charles Ponzi or Bernie Madoff. Very interesting, but uh, we've got something a little more interesting for you. So, mm-hmm. uh, before we get into it, Lachlan, do you want to crack open a cold one with the boys? It's time to crack open a cold one with the boys. Speaking of government-run scams, the uh, tax <laughs> on alcohol in this country is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It, is, it, it goes up every year, and it's just aimed to keep the poor poor. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this week I have Some a- Man's out to get us. That's right. I have a Two Sons Premium Dry, which is an Australian-made Japanese-style lager. Uh, it's new at work, so it was free. Uh, mm. <laughs> 1.1 <laughs> standard drinks, and as I said, is brewed in Australia, but Japanese-style. And the Japanese tend to make a good beer, so- I think I'm going to enjoy this one. Ooh. Oh, not much of a it's called Two Sons. Not much of a snap. Two Sons. Lachlan Son, Morgan Son, Two yeah. Sons. It's probably a poor translation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Oh. Ah, excellent. Mm. Excellent. Very nice. Those um, Japanese sure do inspire a good beer. Um <laughs> All right. Well, we're each, we're just going to talk about a different uh, scam today. Uh, who wants to go first? Oh, you know, I can jump in, boys. Get mine out of the way. Smash it out, man. All right. Let's do it. <clears throat> I will be covering Emmanuel Nude. All right. Who? How? What? Sorry. Yes. Yeah, can exactly. you say that? Spell it. Emmanuel Nude. So it's Nude. N- his last oh. name N W U D E Nude. He is Nigerian. Of Nigerian descent. Let's just put it that way. Oh, Nigerians are not known for their scams, so this should be interesting. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Alright, boys. I'm sure we've all received an email or a text informing us that Nigerian royalty somewhere needs our help. There has been uh-huh. a death in the family or a regime has collapsed. No matter the circumstance, the end result is always the same. They need thousands of dollars to help move money from an account in exchange for your kind assistance, you'll get a piece of the pie, usually to the tune of millions. Given Ooh. how commonplace these are now, the only people who fall for them are mentally deficient or the elderly. <laughs> this was not the case back in the <laughs> mid-90s. Nigeria was still rife with hustlers and con men, but it certainly didn't elicit the same raise, raised eyebrows and deleted emails it does today. <laughs> the internet was relatively new, and as people used it to innovate in new and exciting ways, just as many new and exciting <laughs> ways were found to shice people out of their money. Oh, yeah. Enter Emmanuel Nwude, former director of the Union Bank of Nigeria. This man's brazen. Is that a real bank? It's a real bank. Okay. 
This man's brazenness <laughs> would become so legendary, so infamous, that even the corrupt Nigerian government would be forced to act. Wow. Yeah. Now, Uday's career of fraud isn't as well documented as I would have liked, because, you know, it's fucking Nigeria. It's a shithole. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> somehow through his hustle, he managed to make it to the top Donald of one of, the largest ra- one of the largest banks in Nigeria, the Union Bank of Nigeria. Uh, after moving on, Nwude was still privy to information required by directors of uh, required for directors of the bank, and put together his magnum opus of scams. Also, you know, being Nigerians, you think they would have learned to change their password, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Day first began by impersonating the then director Paul Ogwuma and reaching out to a Brazilian bank, Banco Noreste. Uh, Is that director- a real bank? Yeah, oh, well, not anymore. <laughs> Banco- <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he reached out to Banco Noreste's uh, then director, Nelson Sakaguchi. Uh, he's Japanese, for anyone wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Nude using his silver tongue convinced Sekiguchi to invest in an upcoming airport they were planning on building in the city of Abuja, which uh, for anyone playing at home is the capital city of Nigeria. I didn't know that, but it is. Um, I didn't know. I'd never thought about it. Yeah. I thought it was Lagos, but yeah. yeah. Uh, all Sakaguchi had to do uh, to get in on this once in a lifetime op- offer was fork out $242 million or two-fifths of the bank's capital as a payment. In return, Ooh. Sakaguchi would receive $10 million uh, in commission for his part in building the airport. Like many an elderly person since, Sakaguchi leapt at the chance to help. <laughs> and, and from the goodness of his heart, handed over $191 million up front. wow The remaining was paid out in the form of outstanding interest. Between 1995 and 1998, the payments were made, and Sakaguchi must have got his piece of the pie because not a single person bothered to check where the money was going or the progress of the airport. Wow. As we all know now, there was no airport, and the fraud might have even what? gone undetected for quite some time if Spanish bank Banco Santander hadn't bought Banco Norest in 1998. While going over the books, they discovered that two-fifths of the bank's capital was marked as unmonitored in the Cayman Islands. Oh, my God. <laughs> Further investigation revealed Nwude's master plan, and Baco Santander was forced to go after Nwude to retrieve the money. This sounds pretty simple, right? No. This is Nigeria we're talking about. Fraud is an honest living there. <laughs> <laughs> However, the sheer scale of Nwude's acting forced the government's hand. After four fucking years in 2002, they established the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission, the EFCC, just to go after this smug motherfucker. In 2004, two years after the establishment, they finally arrested Nwude and his accomplices, and justice appeared to be near for Banco Santana. However, this is still fucking Nigeria, (laughs) and the case was dismissed because it took place outside of Abuja. Nwude and his accomplice were freed. For about 30 seconds. Police arrested them <laughs> again on the steps of the courthouse and they were taken to Lagos to be tried for 86 counts of fraudulently seeking advance fees and 15 Oof. counts of bribery related to the case. Wow. Sensing more danger this time, Nwude did what he knew best, attempting to bribe the head of the EFCC with $75,000. But unfortunately for him, there was still one good man left in Nigeria. 
In 2005, with a writing on the rule, Nerude pled guilty to all charges and was sentenced to 29 years in prison. All of his assets were confiscated to be returned to the victim and a $10 million fine was paid to the Nigerian government. Whoa! Justice at last for Banco Santander and all thanks to the testimony of Nelson Sakaguchi. Wait, did I say justice? This is still <laughs> fucking Nigeria we're talking about. <laughs> Nawude spent less than a year in prison and immediately upon his release filed a lawsuit to regain his seized assets on the grounds that they were acquired before the offence was committed. Oh my god. Ah. Remarkably, this kingpin of fraud was able to regain $167 million. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how far that goes in Nigeria? $167 million? I'm pretty sure he's the king of Nigeria. (laughs) Fuck me. Like, you know when you hear about that royal family that they email you about? Yeah. Yeah. It's Emmanuel (laughs) Nwadi. Imagine Uh, how many child soldiers you could buy with that much money. Well, well. Nwude's story doesn't end there, though. In 2016, he allegedly masterminded a terrorist attack on the town of Ukpo. What? Why? 200 child soldiers, I mean men, (laughs) (laughs) swarmed and killed four policemen and a security guard. He is now currently in prison, arraigned on 27 counts, including domestic terrorism and murder. I imagine he'll be out in six months, three with good behaviour, because you can't keep a good Nawude down. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, uh, yes. guys. I, I, I just want to um, apologise to any sensitive listeners. I laughed when Brad said child soldiers, and I just know, uh, based on some comments we've gotten on our YouTube channel recently, that there are some things you're not allowed to joke about, and I don't want to be. I don't want to be called disgusting again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, but that just goes to show you, you know, money can't buy happiness. Sometimes you just have to kill your political opponents. You as well. Buy a bunch of child soldiers. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't believe it. I like. I, th- I was reading. Money the whole- doesn't buy happiness, but money buys child soldiers, which buy happiness. That's yeah. right. Can you? Yeah. I, I like. I'd be so happy with my own personal child soldier army. How embarrassing is it to be killed by a child soldier, though? <laughs> Like you said, they killed. They killed what four people? Yeah, four policemen and a security guard. Yeah, it's like being on COD, getting no scope by some fucking six year old. You know, it's they're like, get wrecked, dickhead. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, you're old enough to be their dad. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I just, I, I, I this guy, his whole life is just a fucking roller coaster. It's like. Makes $242 million in one of the greatest scams in history. And then, you know, gets arrested, gets out for 30 seconds, gets arrested again, goes to prison. You're like, oh, 29 years. Fuck. Nope. He's out in like a year, got his money back. And then he's like, well, I'm going to just raise up a child soldier army. So fuck it. <laughs> uh, living the life. Yeah, you'd think, he, you'd think he'd be like, all right, jigs up. I got mm. caught. It was fun while it lasted. But yeah. he was like, no, no, I'm <laughs> legally going to get back my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Figure yeah. out a way to get it done legally. This yeah. is Nigeria, after you all. You think you'd call it though? After you got back 167 million dollars, you'd be like, yeah, "I'm pretty happy with that return." Like I just swindled 167 million dollars out of people. I'm not in any legal trouble whatsoever. I'm a free man. Nope, child soldiers. <laughs> well, 
I don't know if they actually. Do you think when he got out of prison and he was trying to get his stuff back, he like he went to the judge and he was like, "Look, I've got 167 million dollars tied up in assets. If you help me out here." All I need is your credit card details, and I <laughs> you pay my legal bills, and then you you know I'll give you like fifteen million dollars, easy. Uh fucking what a man though. What a um, man. There's an episode. There's an episode of Flight of the Concords where Murray, the band's manager, mm. is um talking about this great investment opportunity he has with this oh, yeah. guy online, <laughs> and he's got like an African sounding name and stuff, and then um. Yeah, he keeps talking about it during the episode, but then at the end of the episode, the Nigerian guy's actually there, and he's like, yeah. you know, thanks for helping me get out of prison. Yeah. It was really nice Switch of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how would you feel, though, if you were like, Delson Sak- Sakaguchi, and like, your bank's being bought out, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. We also, we own a, an airport in Nigeria. <laughs> and they're like, oh, sweet, which airport? Oh, this one, we'll just check up on it. You know, we've had it for three years. <laughs> it doesn't like, exist. Wait, where's our fucking airport, man? <laughs> like, I guess it was so brazen that you would like, no one's going to try and sell me an airport. That's right. That that's right. That's something that's impossible to, impossible to lie about, a whole fucking airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, oh, it's man. not it's not too dissimilar to, um, you know, what happened in New York with those people who kept selling the brooklyn bridge did you guys hear <laughs> no uh, no i didn't <laughs> so there's there's this an expression there's an expression where like if somebody is gullible you say to them like oh if you believe that i've got a bridge to sell you oh, yeah. you and that's it. because that's because people I, I yeah i never thought that the idiom made any sense because it like what does that mean but these people in new york kept selling the brooklyn bridge like kept pretending they had the rights to it and you know i'll sell it to you and then you can erect a toll booth on it and collect heaps of money (laughs) people were forking over over millions of dollars for the bridge and then trying to put a toll road on it and then like toll booth on it and the police were like uh you can't put a toll you can't do that It got, sold, oh, like, it got sold a bunch of times. I can't remember how many, but it got oh. sold heaps. Surely you do your homework if you're handing over that kind of money. Also, yeah, Mr. Sakaguchi, if you're listening, what kind of airport in fucking Nigeria costs $242 million in 1995? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a fucking dirt road, isn't it? Surely. Who's flying in and out of Nigeria? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got absolutely swindled, right? And you should be a smart, reasonable, calm, level-headed Japanese man. He definitely would have committed ritual supercu after yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Too humiliated. Um, Very yeah. disorderly. Right. That, that was a really good story. But yeah. That was great. Uh, all right. I might go next with um, my one. Yep, yep. Uh, which Do is it. about a... Uh, well, you know, we've talked about micronations on this podcast mm-hmm. before. Yes, micronations we have. are small, self-declared but unrecognized nations. Mm-hmm. Nations like Sealand or the Hutt River Province, arguably mm-hmm. story, unrecognized. <laughs> the story I'm about to tell you is similarly about a declared country. Ooh. However, the country of Poye, P O Y A I S, Poye, mm. never existed. It was an invention by a Scottish soldier and scammer named Gregor McGregor. His name is not Gregor McGregor. <laughs> it's not his real name. His name. <laughs> his name is a fucking scam. 
<laughs> Imagine getting swindled by a guy whose name was Gregor McGregor. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> born. Someone's like, no what one would what's believe you. Yeah, like, what's your name, mate? Jesus. Like, Gregor McGregor. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like he, he was trying to convince people he's Scottish, and they're like, "Oh, you're Scottish, are you? What's your name?" Ah, uh, Gregor McGregor. Was he named? Was he named by an internet poll like that boat, Bodie McBoatface? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, anyway, born into the clan Gregor, no with shit. a fighting spirit, Gregor <laughs> McGregor was always destined for greatness. He served in the Peninsula War for Britain from 1803 to 1810 alongside Spain against Napoleon's France. Ooh. But his siding with Spain was short-lived when he joined Venezuela in their war for independence against Spain in 1812. He was received warmly by General Francisco de Miranda and was immediately given the rank of Colonel. McGregor <laughs> led a cavalry unit and was quickly promoted to Brigadier General. McGregor would spend the next 10 years in the Americas fighting for several different groups, but always against the Spanish, including an unsuccessful attempt to take Florida by force. <laughs> in this calamity... Okay. <laughs> yes. In in this calamity, which became known as the Amelia Island Affair, McGregor declared a Republic of the Floridas, claiming to be in control of both East and West Florida, which were under Spanish rule. His micronation of the Floridas was unsuccessful, but he learned from his mistake. His next invented country, Poyer, would not so easily be taken from him. <laughs> The Mosquito Coast in Honduras, inhabited by the indigenous Mosquito people, was ruled over by the Mosquito King, George Frederick Augustus that's, I. That's not real. <laughs> mosquito people? That's that's not real. That's fake. Do they have wings? Are they just fucking annoying as fuck? Like, mm, you know. Mogs, you're, you're scamming us with this story. Yeah, this is fucking my <laughs> I'm not Gregor giving McGregor you my card. The Mosquito people. Yeah. King Mosquito? I don't think so. <laughs> On April 29, 1820, King George Frederick Augustus I signed over 8 million acres of mosquito territory to our boy Gregor McGregor for a little bit of rum and jewellery. Mm. Why did he do this? Well, the land looked nice, but it wasn't being used for anything, and it wasn't great for farming. Sure, Gregor, you can have the land, whatever you like. Go back to London and tell everyone you have millions of acres in South America. What do I care? It's not like you're ever going to do anything with it. <laughs> well, yes and no. McGregor ne never did anything on his land, but he certainly did things with his land. Upon returning to Britain, he began selling people on the idea of starting a new life in the new world. The wonderful nation of Poyer, which he was the leader of because the Mosquito King had titled him the Kazik of Poyer. <laughs> And he had come back to Britain in all his benevolence to alert his fellow Brits of the amazing opportunities <laughs> in Poyer. Oh, my God. Oh, no. He hired publicists to write advertisements <laughs> for emigration to Poyer. He hired musicians to write ballads about Poyer. Oh, my God. And hired singers to sing these songs on the streets of London, Edinburgh, and Glasgow. This is how you create hype. But his most brazen act of all was the creation of a book about Poyer, aimed at those who might want to move there or invest there. It was a 355-page book titled Sketch of the Mosquito Shore, including the territory of Paye. 
Oh my god. Is this like colonial viral marketing? Yeah. Is <laughs> <laughs> the OG influencer. <laughs> yeah, he knows who he's there. Just have pictures of him in like a bikini with his ass towards the fucking camera. <laughs> <laughs> The the book had maps and sketches of the Mosquito Coast, and it included actual information about the coast from other sources, but it also included totally fictitious information about a region he called Poirier, including that the, ex- the soil was extremely fertile, <laughs> it was not, that it was easy to grow tobacco and sugar crops there, fact check false, <laughs> that one day Thanks, fishing folks. in Poirier could feed a family for a week, <laughs> unlikely, that the natives love Britain and the British people. That's fake news. No one likes the British. <laughs> and lastly, that the rivers were replete with gold. Yeah, you wish. <laughs> Worst of all, though, McGregor completely made up the existence of Poyer's capital city, St. Joseph. He claimed St. Joseph had 20,000 inhabitants, mostly comprised of <laughs> British soldiers who had fought alongside Venezuela in their war for independence, oh like McGregor God. did himself. Oh, no. St. Joseph, he said, had a theatre, an opera house, a cathedral, a bank, a royal palace, and a parliament. He even came up with a coat of arms, a flag, uniforms for each regiment of the Poyasian army, and he described how the three houses of parliament worked. Yes, that's right. He said the Poyasian Parliament had was made up of three houses. <laughs> oh my God. It's not totally unheard of, but it's pretty weird. But you can't make that sort of stuff up, no. surely. God. Anyway. Ludicrous. <laughs> the extremely high production value of the book and the intricate details that McGregor laid out in the book were enough to fool the British public. Many people started buying plots of land in Poyer, seeing it as a great investment opportunity. Many others signed up to move to Poirier. No. McGregor had mostly tried fooling Scottish people who he believed would be more trusting of him as a fellow Scotsman. He was selling plots of land for two shillings and three pence per acre, which was equivalent to about one day's wage for the average Brit at the time. Oh, that's not too much. That's a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had, he had eight million acres to sell. So <laughs> it's no need to be greedy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Supply and demand. I guess, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of, the demand did not subside and McGregor slowly increased his prices. Yep. Oh, by 1823, he had work, sold land. Baby. By 1823, he had sold land to more than 500 people. Many had invested their entire life's savings. Oh, oh no. no. So, it's all fun and games so far, but this is when the story starts to get a little dark. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> In order to continue selling land certificates, McGregor had to reassure investors that it was a good investment that was going to pay off soon. Therefore, to ensure people that the land was about to be developed, he had to enlist some settlers to make the journey journey to Poirier and join the colony at St. Joseph. (laughs) Oh, no. An ex-army officer named Hector Hall was chosen by McGregor to lead the first expedition to Poirier. A ship named the Honduras Packet set sail from London in September of 1822 with 70 eager settlers on board. Oh, no. And McGregor was there to see them off. <laughs> Number one red flag <laughs> is when the he, king of Poirier he's not on does the boat. not want to get on the boat. <laughs> he spoke to each of the 70 emigrants individually to wish them luck. And as one final fuck you, he scammed them out of the gold they were taking with them oh, no. by exchanging it for official Poirier dollars before they left. 
<laughs> he sold it for eight bucks. Oh my god! <laughs> he printed, he printed it, he printed it in Scotland, and then changed it on, he changed it for him. Oh my god! He hit him with one last microtransaction before they sent him to their death. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, now, when they would inevitably find out about the scheme and be desperate to return to Britain, they wouldn't have any gold to trade with, oh only fake money God. from a fake country. <laughs> what a piece of shit. The Honduras packet left port flying the Poye flag. <laughs> this dude is sending these people to their deaths. Yeah, he has to be. Like, he is, he's giving these people death sentences. As if this weren't bad enough, while the Honduras packet was sailing for Poye, McGregor commissioned another ship no, to no. take even more settlers. Come on! This guy's doubling down. <laughs> the Kinnersley Castle left Edinburgh in January of 1823 with 200 people oh, on board. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Again, McGregor was there to see them off, and he went aboard to check that everybody was comfortable. Meanwhile, on the Mosquito Coast, the Honduras packet had dropped off the settlers on the beach and left. <laughs> the first Poyasians were confused, but they were still optimistic. They were supposed to land at St. Joseph, but there was no sign of civilization. Perhaps it's a miscommunication. Maybe they landed in the wrong spot, or the map was slightly off. Oh, my God. They set up camps on the shore and waited for the Poyasian officials to come and find them. Oh. They sent search parties inland to try to make oh. contact. Oh. Hector Hall sent out for Cape Gracias Adios, where the Mosquito King lived. Well, four months later, Hector Hall was still gone, and the emigrants oh, were still on the beach. Hell. Still waiting for the Poyasian authorities. But the authorities never arrived. Instead, more settlers arrived from Scotland in the Canersey Castle. These new settlers, these new settlers were also confused, but they did not have the optimism that the previous settlers had on arrival. (laughs) (laughs) The Canersey Castle sailed away, and everybody knew they were fucked. Hector Hall returned a month later. (laughs) You you show up to this beach. There's a bunch of fucking. Tom Hanks is there on the fucking <laughs> hanging around talking to volleyballs, and wait, you wait, still wait. get off the boat. So all, like, all two hundred of them got off the boat. Yeah, Fuck fucking me. idiots. Oh god! Well, they don't know what's going on. They're just oh. they're just well, going they, anyway. Obviously, a, a quick conversation. Oh, how long have you boys been here? Oh, four months. Yeah, might just stay on the boat. <laughs> Well, they didn't have the boat. He just he just commissioned the boat to drop him off. and probably had other stuff to do after that. Oh, so it's, the job was right, just by force. This There's 270 of <laughs> these. Anyway, Hector Hall returned a month later and told everyone he was unable to find a ship to get them out of there. And he said that the Mosquito King told him that while he had sold land to McGregor, he had no idea the settlers were coming <laughs> and he wasn't going to help them. <laughs> Fuck. The wet season came and the settlers started to become infected with malaria and oh. the yellow fever. Oh. In May of 1823, a ship carrying the chief magistrate of Belize, Marshal Bennett, found the settlers and informed them that informed them that Paye, Poye is not a real country <laughs> and he had never heard of this supposed cazique named <laughs> McGregor. Oh my god. By this time, 10 of the settlers had died, and Bennett offered them passage to Belize with him, where they could receive help. Only a few went with him, though, as they were waiting again for Hector Hall, who had gone to see the Mosquito King in one last attempt to salvage their expedition. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) 
I think the, the problem was, guys, that they thought this was all miscommunication, and once they found St. Joseph, they'd be fine. Been, so let's just wait no. six months. <laughs> well, it's not like they just had a phone and they could call up someone. They were just like, look, St. Joseph's around the corner somewhere. We'll find it eventually. Let's just <laughs> wait it out. It's got 20,000 people living there, and you've just accidentally missed it. Like, fuck After off. After the fucking Belizeans rock it's up eight, and it's say, eight million no, acres, bro. this country isn't real. Mm. It, it, that, that's... <laughs> The guy who sold the land said, it's not real. All right? We didn't know you were coming. There's nothing here. And we're not going to help you. No. Nah, you can't defend these people. Yeah. Uh, this is natural it. selection at this point. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, only a few of them went with him as they were waiting for Hector Hall again, who had gone back to see the Mosquito King in one last <coughs> attempt to salvage their expedition. Idiots. Hall returned a few days later with the king. He came back with the king, but the king did not offer salvation. He told them he was revoking McGregor's land grant <laughs> and that if they wanted to stay. Oh, no. He said if they wanted to stay, they would have to pledge allegiance to him. Oh, my the king. God. Otherwise, they were to leave immediately. <laughs> Bennett was nice enough to come back and sail everyone to Belize, but many of them were not in good shape and, unfortunately, would never recover from their weakened state. Their arrival in Belize, though, certainly saved countless other lives because it started the downfall of McGregor back home in merry old England. Their story made its way from Belize back to Britain, and the local papers exposed the scam. But not bef- before McGregor had sent off... Five more ships. Oh, for Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> this the British guy, Royal this guy's Navy. a mass murderer. <laughs> Gregor McGregor is a serial killer. <laughs> the British Royal Navy was able to intercept four of these ships and send them back home. But one ship named Skeen made it all the way to Poyer with 105 Scots aboard. However, the captain of this ship sailed them onward to Belize after they saw the abandoned colony of the previous immigrants. Oh. So, these guys knew what was up. These guys they were smart. They weren't like, oh, it's all miscommunication. We'll stay here for fucking 12 months. Maybe we'll <laughs> get sorted out. <laughs> fucking idiots. Those first two ships, the Honduras Packet and the Kinnersley Castle, carried about 270 men, women and children. Of these 270 people, at least 180 died oh, from Jesus. diseases. Jesus, age Christ. He is a mass murderer. Yeah. yeah, so he legitimately killed yeah. 180 people. Yeah. I, I think he was probably hoping for all 270, to be honest, so that word didn't get back. But Yeah, probably. Mm, fucking yeah, that's a good point. But I think this guy is a legitimate psychopath, because he went- Absolutely. Like, Oh, could you imagine? He actually—he was actually at port saying goodbye to these people and yeah. like, you know, best of luck, blah blah blah. Like he was looking them in the eye, shaking their hand, like oh, sending them. And he to knows that he's sending them to their death. What a maniac! <laughs> what a mad lad! What a fucking maniac! <laughs> Jesus! Oh, shit, that's fucking crazy. What happened to him when they found out? Surely. Yeah, and tell me they fucking tore him to pieces. A swift hanging there, I'd imagine. Uh, you guys are going to be very satisfied with the conclusion <laughs> of this story. <laughs> so, McGregor skipped town just before the survivors were to land back in England. You know, a few of them came back from Belize, and just before they got back to England, mm-hmm. he skipped town. He told everyone he was going to Italy, but he actually went to Paris, where he started his Poyer scheme all oh over again. Oh, my God. No, dude. <laughs> At least rename it for fuck's sake. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> 
I think I think it would work better in France because it's called Poyer and it's you know it's yeah, very French, French. French. Yeah, yeah, but surely the name's ruined with the deaths of 180 people on it. <laughs> oh well, you know that's in the British press in English. It's not in the French press in French. You know? <laughs> um, anyway, this time he focused his scheme on selling a large section of land to one company, mm. one company rather than a lot of people. Um, and again, it actually got to the- he sold a bunch of land to one company, and it got to the point where he would have to send people to make it look legit. So, it uh, got up to that stage again, and oh he had God. about 60- oh he had about 60 Frenchmen ready to go, and they had all applied for passports for Poyer. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, anyway, the first 30 got their passport uh, for Poyer. And then the next 30, when they signed up, the French government got a little suspicious and they ordered the ship that he commissioned to remain in port. So, before it was Good. about to leave, they were told, you can't leave. Good. <laughs> two, of the, two of the people working for McGregor in France were arrested and McGregor himself went into hiding. So, he's hiding out in the French countryside, but he was eventually caught by the French authorities and he was sent back to Britain to face trial. Oh, but he managed to- boy. He managed to mount an amazing defense unmatched until O.J. Simpson, and he was somehow (laughs) able to convince the judge that he was a victim as well, that he had no idea what was going on. Fuck off. He managed to keep himself off the books in Paris by getting his associates to broker the deal with the big company. His name was never on the paperwork. (sighs) He was found not guilty and started living back in London. Fuck, mate. So, what do you do? (laughs) What do you do when you're living in London? Well, no. you try your Poirier scheme. No! <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> this fucking guy. Uh, that's beautiful. So he starts He starts with this whole scheme up again. A few people are falling for it, but um, he can't get enough people to trust him because of what happened. Oh, previously. I wonder why. The media... The media doesn't like him. There are warnings. When people get involved with him, they're told, you know, this is the guy. You know, don't do it. So, anyway, what does he do now? Well, he moved to Venezuela, where he was welcomed as a war hero. Oh, no. (laughs) Because of how much he helped them in their war for independence, Mm -hmm. which was ultimately successful. Uh And uh, he applied for citizenship. And when he was granted citizenship, he received back pay for his service in the military, and he also received a pension. Here we go. <laughs> he died. He died in 1845 as a respected resident of Caracas. Oh, the fuck. Press, oh no! The press honoured him as a valiant champion of independence, no. and he was given a military funeral oh, attended no. by high-ranking military officials and no. the president of Venezuela. Fuck no, I'm this done. guy. I'm done. Oh, my God. That's it. <laughs> and we wonder why Venezuela's a shithole now. He got away with it. He got away with it. He Scott just, free, he just ran the scam. He ran the scam until no one would talk to him anymore, until people wouldn't trust him anymore, and he had to leave. So, he went back to Venezuela, and they were like, yeah, this is this is one of the guys who helped us get <laughs> yeah. our independence. Colonel McGregor's back, guys. Fuck, you know. <laughs> Fuck. How does- oh. uh, <laughs> The balls on him, like, to, to, to get off. In London, and then be like, I'm gonna just, you know, try this again. It's fucking outrageous. <laughs> oh, the stones on this guy. Yeah, the absolute gonies. I mean, I think it's it's oh, it's almost mate. 
It's almost 200 years ago. I think it's like the point where it's like, this is just so absurd that it's funny. But, you know, then again, we should remember, you know, 180 he, people he died. Yeah, we shouldn't laugh. That would he be killed 180 it. people and he got away with it. <sighs> yeah. The, the <sighs> sickest part about it, actually. The sickest part about it is that some of the people who returned from Belize after this whole ordeal and made it back to Britain, they still didn't blame him. They thought that, you know... Um, he'd oh, been swindled by the Mosquito King and no. it was all the Mosquito King's fault. Those people are fucking idiots. And Yeah, well, you know. This story that's, that's the- This story is worse than my story that you cut out of our wildcard episode just recently. <laughs> I'm, I'm more upset about this than I was about that story. <laughs> the the modern equivalent of this is the Fire Festival. Like oh, yeah, yeah, influences yeah. Except no one died yeah, at the Fire yeah. Festival. Well. <laughs> I don't if know if, the- I I don't know if the Fire Festival started out as a scam. I I give them the benefit of the doubt there. Oh, I, think, mate, I, I, I don't think Poyet started at some point out it as turned a scam, into a scam. I think it was well intentioned and they just couldn't deliver. <laughs> I think Poyet was well intentioned. He had his it, grand plans to have a giant uh, city with a palace and then he was like, I'm not gonna put the work in though. <laughs> Jesus. And it was all run by influences. Oh god. I think, you know, if he was just selling it as, like, a place that you could go and live and mm. be happy and free and work on the land, yeah, maybe. But he actually told them there's a there's a full, proper functioning civilization yeah. there, yeah. 20,000 people, you know, that that was the- Well- That was the big- uh, Yeah, the problem was he didn't want to do any of the work and he wanted to get fucking fat stacks. So, it's like you can't sell people and like, hey, you want to come develop my land? Also, you've got to pay me for it. Like, fuck, no one's going to want to do that. They're, they're building the fucking. They're building St. Joseph. Why the fuck what would they pay for shit. it? What uh, a fucking yeah. piece of shit. I wonder. Shit. I wonder if, like, after he'd sent off his seventh ship, if he was like, you know, one day I'm going to visit that country and it's going to be magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> or was he like, or was he like, ah, oh, one day I'm going to go there and it's going to be just mass graves? <laughs> like, what did he think? He's like, yeah, <sighs> in twenty years' time, I'm going to roll up to my palace that's been built for me, and I'll live like a king. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's, like, hailed as a god over there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Fuck it. All he really needs is a monorail. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, he's a total total fucking psychopath. Like, Mm. Mm. it is absolutely outrageous that he would blatantly lie to people and then it got to the point where they're on the ship about to leave and he wasn't like all right all right i can't do this yeah this is is too much i can't do it he was just like yep see ya no at least least even worse decency to not be there when the ship leaves (laughs) you know he wasn't even like all right see ya he's like oh i've noticed you've got some gold that's not gonna do you any good in poyer (laughs) you take these poyer bugs and you'll be able to to be fair was to be fair was true yeah. <laughs> the, the mosquito people probably trade in fucking sticks and bug shit. No, blood. It's absolutely blood. <laughs> um, Skulls. Yeah. So, that, yeah. How can he say that he, he wasn't scamming people like get off on it? Because he's like, he took their gold and sold them fake currency. Like He scammed the judge. Uh, he did. Double- <laughs> that was his greatest scam, was not That's getting right. hung, drawn yeah, and Absolutely. Yeah, but no, he was he was acting like he's the uh, the victim in all this, and like, oh, I had no idea, can't believe this happened or whatever, you know. Yeah. So outrageous! Yeah, I didn't know what I was sending him to and stuff. Absolutely so, outrageous! Mm. Yeah, dumpster fire, uh, crazy. 
Uh, yeah. Anyway, a lot of people died, so we shouldn't laugh about it. Mm. It's disgusting. Disgusting. Laugh about people who died. Yeah. <laughs> Learn a lot of things on YouTube. All right, Lachlan, do you want to go next? I do. Well, you have to. You're the last one. Uh, yeah, I have to. That's right. Uh, well, yeah. hopefully, hopefully this uh, gives us a little bit, makes us feel a little bit better about uh, Morgan's enraging story there. Um, yeah. Now, I am a little bit upset because Brad, you the start of your spiel, mm-hmm. you're on a lot of the same notes as the start of my spiel. Ah, I did it, yeah. I'm going to read it anyway. So uh, verbatim, <laughs> verbatim. Word for word. I'm sorry I stole your homework. I should have at least you know, changed a few things. Uh, that's okay. That's Pleasure. Right. Just change your name at the top. They won't know. <laughs> so, I think everyone listening is probably familiar with the classic email from a Nigerian prince and phone call from Microsoft scams. <laughs> there's, there's a thousand variations on these scams, but the goal is always the same. Get money out of you. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who hasn't received an email or phone call from one of these scammers. They're so common these days, and everyone knows straight away that it's a scam and either deletes the email or hangs up the phone. You have to wonder why these scammers even bother. $10.5 billion is why they bother. That's how much money these types of scams managed to take in 2018 in the US alone. Victims of these scams have very little recourse. Local authorities can't do anything. These scammers generally originate from India and Northern Africa, where Mm. law enforcement is lax at the best of times. Add to this the fact that they use internet cafes and prepaid burner phones, making them almost impossible to track down, and these criminals are basically free to run these scams as they please. You can imagine how frustrating this must be for the poor people who fall prey to these scammers, which, like Brad said, are mostly old people. And the mentally deficient. And the mentally deficient. We can't forget them. <laughs> no. Enter the scam baiters. Scam baiters are the brave men and women who <laughs> scam the scammers. Yes. The premise is simple. Every minute of the scammer's time you waste is a minute he cannot be working on a genuine victim. Yes. Or she. Women can be scammers too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah, a lot of them do have women <laughs> like on the front end, yeah. Put a nice face on the scam, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I assume their gender. Oh, I know. Getting honey that's, that's the worst crime that's happened here. Yeah, sorry, Lockett. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women can be scammers too, but they're mostly men. Yeah. <laughs> Getting started is easy. Simply create a new email address or VoIP phone number and wait for the emails or phone calls to start rolling in. Once they do, drag the interaction out for as long as you can. Scam baiters pretend to be interested in whatever it is the scammer is offering, but make it frustratingly difficult to get to the point. And this is where it becomes an art form. (laughs) First, the emails. A long lost relative has died and left their fortune to you. Your bank account has been hacked and you need to change your password. Mm. A member of the Nigerian royal family has millions of dollars worth of gold and needs your help to get it out of the country before the corrupt government seizes it. <laughs> it doesn't matter Seems what your setup is, the goal is to get money out of you, either by you paying some sort of advanced processing fee, or just straight up getting your bank details. 
scam baiters respond to these emails with great enthusiasm. Of course I'll help you. Of course I want the money. Of course my great great uncle was a wealthy North African slumlord. Just tell me what I need to do next. <laughs> the scammer will inevitably respond with some bogus instructions that lead down a path to you wiring them hundreds of dollars, which means they've taken the bait and think they have a gullible idiot on the line. Now is the time for the scam baiter's imagination to run free. There's some issue with me completing the next step. Maybe the computer corrupted the forms you sent me to fill out. Maybe English isn't my first language and I misunderstood what you're asking for. Maybe my religion prohibits me from doing business with anyone outside the church and you would need to convert before we can go any further. (laughs) Anything is fair game as long as it wastes the time of the scammers. And the scammers will do just about anything to keep moving forward if they can see money at the end of the road. The biggest community of scam baiters gather at the 419 Eater forums. 419 is a reference to the criminal code in Nigeria that outlaws these sort of scams, and often they are just referred to as 419 scams. Mm-hmm. The owner of this website, who operates under the pseudonym Shiva Me Timbers, is an absolute legend. He has had scammers send him artwork and money, take part in ridiculous initiation rituals, fly to other countries... And he even convinced oh. one dude to get a tattoo that says "Baited by Shiva." Oh the no! The man is a master <laughs> of his craft, and I would no. highly recommend anyone head over to four one nine eater dot com and have a read through the archives. It's hilarious stuff. It's amazing. Next is the phone calls. Your computer is sending out viruses. Microsoft are giving you a refund. You owe money to the taxation office. Whatever the issue, they want payment in the form of iTunes gift cards. (laughs) The scam baiters respond positively to these scams too, acting as though they believe the caller and allowing them to connect to their computer. Not their real computer though, they use a virtual machine, an emulated computer system that appears real to the scammers. From here, the baiters can give the scammers the runaround for as long as they want, keeping them on the phone for hours at a time. There are two big dogs in this scene, Kit Boger and Jim Browning. Oh, I love them both. Kit Boger is in it for the memes. <laughs> he has fake websites set up that he uses to make the scammers think they're successfully transferring money, <laughs> making purchases on Amazon, and redeeming gift cards. He has a voice changer to wow. make himself sound like an old lady, <laughs> and sometimes he will connect <laughs> two scammers to each other and make them fight over him. <laughs> I uh, sh- yeah, I assume you've seen his videos, Brad. Uh, yes, I have. He's I love Brad. the old lady. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good. Jim Browning, on the other hand, is mm. a legit hacker vigilante. Oh, yeah. He will, he will let the scammers connect to his virtual machine, then use that connection to gain access to not just their computer, but the entire network that the scammers are using. He's fucking ruthless. He watches them scamming people and tips the victims off to the scam. He also finds their personal details and physical locations and reports them to the police. I watched a video yesterday where he saw a person get scammed out of $2,000 worth of Best Buy gift cards, then spent the gift cards before the scammer could use them, then called Best Buy and had them refund the sale back to the original victim. Both oh, these guys legend. are on- Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 
He is, both he's these an guys are on YouTube, and I recommend checking both of them out. Yeah. Uh, now, I have a clip here from one of Kit Boger's videos. <laughs> to give you some context, he's using a voice changer to sound like a girl and has had this guy on the phone for almost four hours. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the scammer thinks Kit Boger has purchased Google Play gift cards. He has just entered a fake code into a fake Google Play website that looks like he is redeeming the code to his own Google account and not giving the code to the scammer. Okay, sorry about that. I'm just trying to get it added to the account. Why you are adding into your account? Okay, so I have 500 added. <laughs> Ma'am, you don't need to do this. Yeah, no, I just, I just, I put the first card on the, I put my first card on the account. I'll get the second one on there too. It'll be fine. Hold on, just give me a second. Oh, hold on a second. Let me scratch. Why are you yelling? You don't need to do that. Why are you yelling at me right now? You have wasted five hundred dollars. So just imagine how frustrating that is for the scammer. He's been on the phone to this person for four hours. He thinks it's a real person who is actually falling for it and has actually gone out and bought a thousand dollars worth of Google Play cards. Oh, and God. they've just they've just added the balance to their own Google Play account. So the last four hours were absolutely wasted. <laughs> And that's oh. scam baiting. Yeah. It's a worthy, noble cause, and it's mm. actually a lot of fun. Years yes. ago, I dabbled in email scam baiting, and while I never got any amazing or hilarious results like these guys, I strung a few Africans along for a couple of weeks, which hopefully kept their attention away from people who may have actually fallen prey to their scams. My pseudonym was George W., which probably gives you an idea <laughs> of how long ago this was. <laughs> and... I was a minister for the Church of Mass Debaters. <laughs> Is there English so poor in their their knowledge of American politics so low that they didn't know that you were fucking with them? Yeah, the Africans they have no idea. They have no idea. They're, the the Indian phone scammers speak English very fluently because Pretty much everyone over there speaks English, but because um, yeah. they don't tech support otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Africans have a very loose grasp on English, and that like the culture doesn't um, doesn't translate very well. So you can use a lot of uh, plays on words and puns and that sort of thing, and it doesn't mm. doesn't sound uh, it doesn't face them at all. Yeah. yeah. So if if you were to set up an account calling yourself Donald Trump, and Africans are contacting you, they wouldn't know that you were. I don't think they'd have any idea. No. Oh. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, um. yeah I, I, <laughs> that's pretty I've been, good. I've been watching Kit Boger's videos uh. all week. They are so fucking funny. I was I was watching a Jim Browning one once, and mm. he was viewing someone in the process of being scammed. Um, yeah, like remote viewing them, and a common tactic they like to do is use a remote viewer to the victim's computer so they can control mm-hmm. their desktop and everything. Um, yeah. And they'll often black out the screen so you can't see what they're doing. And can't see what they're doing, yeah. Yeah, black out the screen, then used inspect element to change the numbers on a web page, making it look like they transferred money to them. Yeah. And then Jim Browning just, like, hit 
F5. He spent like 15 minutes inspectalimenting <laughs> everything. And then, yeah, Jim Browning just hit just F5. And he- <laughs> to undo the whole lot. Yeah, right as he like unblacked out the screen to show him and then it just refreshed. Because <laughs> when you use inspectalimenting, if you refresh the page, it gets rid of everything that you've put in there. Yeah, and it was, it's it was back, yeah. so fucking funny. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> This <laughs> game got so fucking pissed because they're like, "Don't yeah. refresh, don't." Jim Browning, oh. Jim Browning is actually scary. Like w- yeah. what he's oh. capable of. Uh, some of the shit he does, like he'll just sit there for hours and watch these people, like these mm. scammers, like on their desktops and through their yeah. webcams, and he'll he'll listen on on their phones and stuff. And it, yeah, he'll like, get into every every computer they've got hooked up on the network. Yeah, like he'll obviously, get into it. obviously he's a good guy, but if he can do it, the bad guys can do it too. Yeah, yeah. I know. Not not that the, like the yeah, scammers aren't technically capable enough to be able to do that sort of thing, but you know, it's like. A lot of the time, most of them can't even tell they're hooked up to a virtual machine, which if you had yeah, very, that's right. like an advanced yeah. understanding, you'll be able to detect it straight away. Yeah, um, I, let's just say I wouldn't want to be Jim Browning's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, like you said, he's, he's a good guy, and it's lucky that he he's is, on yeah. mm. yeah, the good outside. side because he could cause a lot of mayhem oh, being on the other side. He, sure. If he was a bad guy, he would be a millionaire, I'm sure. <laughs> I wonder if like the NSA or the CIA is like contacting him, trying to get him to <laughs> help him with all their scams. <laughs> well, he's they got a bunch of scams going on. I think he's what British. Sounds like yeah, he's, he's British. British. Yeah, yeah. Uh, MI five or whatever it is. It's definitely definitely a worthy cause. Something Absolutely, good to do. Yeah, because you know some people. Some people will make fun of people who get scammed and say, like, oh, you, you're stupid. You shouldn't have fallen for it. Like, how dumb can you be? Mm. But, you know, you know, we shouldn't be making fun of people who are naturally trusting or gullible. No, you know, that's right. Um, well, it's, it's know, not it's even not that. their fault. The and they're being is, preyed upon by these sort of people. Yeah, they're absolute mm. predators. Like, Jim Browning does a great um, job of exposing how they target people. Yeah. And they'll often list, look for people who are in their 60s. They'll ask for dates of birth and stuff like that, who's 60 plus, yeah. so that, who don't have the same grasp on the technology that we do. And That's yeah, right. I, I joked when I said the elderly before, you know, but I, I mean it seriously. Like, it genuinely them, is the elderly yeah, that they're, they're it focusing on. It may as well be on. rocket science for them because some of them think mm. that they're actually being helped um, and they just don't understand. Or some of them are just not as with, like, on mentally together mm. as they used to yeah. be, so they just don't pick up on it. Um, yeah. Hmm. It is sad that people go after them like that. It's very sad. So it's good that those people are out there yeah, baiting the scammers. They, they are heroes. Scamming the scammers. Getting them back. That's mm-hmm. right. Getting them back in their own game. Mm-hmm. Flipping the script. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you think we should uh, move on to Morgan's re review? Morgan. 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 Morgan's movie review. Uh, Father of the Bride, 1991, stars Steve Martin as a father who is shocked and horrified to find out that his young daughter is getting married. All right, I can't, I can't wait to see how this is related. <laughs> to add insult to injury, he is expected to pay for the wedding that he doesn't even want to happen. Uh... Martin Short plays the wedding coordinator who constantly tries to shame Steve Martin into spending more and more money on more and more frivolous <laughs> things for the wedding. Every scene where these two comedy legends interact is great stuff. The film also stars Kieran Culkin, presumably because his more famous brother Macaulay wasn't available. (laughs) (laughs) Kieran still does a great job, though, as the lovable, goofy younger child. Goddamn that Culkin family can act. Overbearing and controlling dads sure can create some extremely talented artists. (laughs) 
For two great examples, look no further than Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin and his deceased lover, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is disgusting. Too soon. Fantastic. Anyway, Father of the Bride is hilarious and heartfelt. One moment you're laughing at Steve Martin falling into a pool, and the next you're holding back tears as he shows his affection for his daughter. Well, you know, not me personally, I wasn't holding back tears, but <laughs> Shannon was crying. I am a robot. I don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> He's become self-aware again. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed this movie, but I think they were laying it on a bit thick with all the love and affection. This comedy slash drama started heavy on the comedy, but as the movie progressed, the comedy faded away and it was all sentimental. It was a brilliant idea for a film. Make a movie for women, but cast Steve Martin in the lead role to get the fellas to come along too. Very clever indeed. Eight out of ten. And, uh... Where's the scam? Right. So, um, Shannon and I just recently got engaged, as you know, and we've we been, are away, yes. uh, we've been starting to plan our wedding by looking at venues and everything to do with a wedding is a total fucking scam. <laughs> They're trying to scam you every which way. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's in this fair. movie, in this movie, Steve Martin keeps getting scammed by these people. $1,200 for a wedding cake. He has to have swans what? on his mm-hmm. own. They have to like... They have to put in like new oh, plants and stuff like that. Fuck yeah! That. They're scamming him. All right, yeah, they're scamming him six ways from Sunday. No, that's that's scammed. not that outrageous, Brad. If it was a big wedding, like the the cake for my wedding was over six hundred dollars from memory. Jesus, wow. age Christ! That, you, you saw that? That wasn't a big oh. cake. No, it wasn't huge. Nope. Wow, it's, it was it's a not delicious even just cake. the cake. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good, but it's not even just the cake itself. You know, like mm. it, at some of the places we're looking at, they charge a cakeage fee. Yeah, they charge cake, five dollars per. Fee. Yeah, yeah, five dollars per person to cut the cake. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why would I spend six hundred dollars for you to do something that our mums <laughs> would do happily for free? I'm like, fuck, it's ridiculous. Are you serious? Yeah. A cakeage fee? Yeah. Yeah, that's, $5 that's per person standard. to cut the cake. That is the height of bourgeoisie. Yeah. Paying but for someone you're not, to cut you're the not allowed to serve it yourself, though. You have to pay the $5 fee. Get yeah. fucked. Yeah, this, this, one, this one place we went to it said, you know, $5 cakeage fee or whatever. And then in their fine print, it said, under no circumstances are uh, attendees able to help themselves to yeah. a cup ta- cupcake tier. Yeah. Because obviously people are like, well, you don't have to cut the cake if it's cupcakes. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just have a cupcake stand and people not, can take the cupcakes. And it says, it says, under no circumstances yeah. can you bring f- in a cupcake tier. Fuck. Go My pay the fee. God. Fuck that noise. Elope. You know what really annoyed me, guys? What? This one place, right? This one place was advertising how they have no venue fare. They're like, look, you know. Oh, that sounds- We're a restaurant. That sounds very reasonable. Uh, we've got a nice area. Yeah, that's we a get, We're a restaurant. We have a, nice, we have a nice area for a ceremony. There's no venue fare. You just come along. You just spend the, the minimum on food and drink, and you'll be fine. And when we were talking to the lady, she was like, there is a min- minimum spend, though, and it has to be spent on food and drink. And I was like, what do you mean? There's no venue fee, so- what else could it be spent on apart from food and drink? Yeah. Like, what are you saying food and drink for? And she goes, oh, there's a there's a cleaning fee. And I was like, <laughs> you mean like if we trash the place, we have to pay to clean it up? No, and she's no, like, no. no it's, a standard, it's a standard fee for any function. It's a $500 cleaning fee. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so there's a $500 venue fee, is there? <laughs> That's the $500 venue hire. Yeah. <laughs> 
how is that not a venue hire <laughs> if we're having to pay it uh, to hire the venue? Man. Yeah, I can't hire the venue without paying this $500 cleaning fee. How is it not a venue mm-hmm. hire fee? Yep. It's a bigger scam. It's a scam. You put I'm the sc- words getting scared. You put the words wedding or baby in front of anything and the price triples immediately. I would pay yeah, good scam. money to watch you on the phone to any <laughs> wedding venue. Because I know how autistic you were about your fucking gas and electricity bills. I can only imagine <laughs> fucking wedding planning. Oh my god, it'd be oh, so good. Man. Fuck. Yeah, I feel sorry for Shan. You guys might not be engaged by the time you've planned this wedding. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the ultimate uh, insult? You plan this wedding and then you uh, don't need to get married anymore because you- <laughs> he'd still go over with it. I do. Nah, there's, there's there's all these sort of non-refundable, non-refundable deposits. deposits. No, there's right. no way we're calling it yeah, up. Exactly. It had bankrupt it's you too not, much to money get, not to get not to get even if even if you immediately get divorced. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get to the point where we can't afford not to get married. Yeah. Um. All right, Brad. Do you want to? Smash out your parents. I would absolutely love to. Brad's Power Rankings. All right, boys. Hit us. This week's Power Rankings are top five scams in Australia. In Australia? Right. Okay. Yes. So, I've, I've crunched Keeping the numbers. Local. Locally yep. sourced Australian scams. Well, funnily enough, the ACCC in Australia has excellent records on people getting scammed. I think they're they do, don't they? This. Yeah, they're right on top of shit. So I was like, yeah. this, is, this is this is great. There's a bit of a PSA again. So they're uh, apparently a very gullible people. Mm, mm. So yeah, top five, starting at five, trusting being the least worst of the worst scams. Uh, so <laughs> you know what I mean. And, uh, so it's not a good scam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, number five, the the old unexpected money scam. Mm-hmm. That's what they classify yeah. as. So these are your, your classic, you know, your uncle died, you have a large sum of inheritance waiting type of scams. And yeah. in 2019, Australians were been taken to taken for a ride to the tune of 1.81 million dollars. That's in 2019 Ooh. alone. Oh, and yeah, the years are so even over. Yeah, I know. We're, we're only in uh, what, September. Pump those numbers up. Yeah, I know. Rookie numbers. Um, uh, there's uh, October. I call, by the time I call this, this the out. Mr. Deed scam. Well, it'll be higher <laughs> by then as well. Um, all right, number four. So it's very similar to number five is the unexpected winning scam. So this is oh, uh, that's similar. the same thing. No, no, it's separate according to the agency. Ah, it's different. Yeah, no, because totally different. this isn't unexpected that you've come into money. This is you've um, inadvertently won a lottery or scratchies. And that you forgot you entered. Yeah, exactly. Okay. No, you won, you won them, but you have to give them, you know, your card details to collect the winnings or something like yeah. that. Um, and this also includes your free trip scam as well. Like, oh, you want a free trip? Oh, we just need okay. a small booking fee or something like that. Um, yeah. And to date this year, Australians have been taken for $2.1 million with the, mm. the unexpected winnings here. All right. But th- rookie numbers. Yeah, rookie numbers. Number three, buying slash selling scams. So this this entrance is one I'm sure we've all felt the sting of. So when you buy some shitty product from Wish or AliExpress and it never comes, boom, you're out seven bucks for four ties you ordered. Uh, <laughs> this is buying selling scam. Uh, and in 2019, China has stung us for 12.8 million dollars, and Whoa. I want my Whoa. fucking 
fucking ties, China, okay? I paid for four <laughs> fucking ties. I want my fucking ties. Uh, uh, and uh, also, HFC gets bonus points for considering clairvoyance and psychics a buying slash selling scheme. <laughs> oh, yeah. The whole fucking it. industry is a scheme. Yeah. Yep, they've just, they, literally on their website, there's a section just called Clairvoyance slash Psychics. <laughs> what if what they say comes true, though? Is it no longer a <laughs> I guess not. But, again, you got to remember, these are the <laughs> ones that are reported, so imagine the amount that aren't being reported. Oh, yeah, there'd be heaps of people <laughs> yeah, not reporting them. Yeah, I know. If you got taken to by a fucking psychic, you would be like, oh, man, this is, nah, I just got to take the L. Half the people, the people who go to psychics... <laughs> Like, they're not going to think that they've been scammed, even after they've clearly been scammed, because they're so stupid that they believe in psychics in the mm. first place. They're going to be like, <laughs> well, what's the oh, difference? this is the fucking voodoo magic that they do. What's the difference between a psychic that scares you and a psychic that doesn't scare you? <laughs> yeah, there's no difference. <laughs> they're all scams. <laughs> oh, I found out two months after the fact that you don't actually have your psychic license from the psychic <laughs> university. <laughs> I think you scared me. <laughs> You said in five years I'd have kids, and I don't have kids. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I want my money back. <laughs> all right. So, anyway, number two, dating scams. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Lovelorn beta males and lonely old spinsters have been mm-hmm. rolled for $17.3 million oh, in 2019. Wow. I know someone. Uh, I know a few people actually have been stung by this. Well, this one is like clubbing baby seals. <laughs> Sure, you get the satisfaction, but there's no sport in it. They're also... (laughs) They're They're also desperate... You're back in fine form. You're back in fine form, bro. (laughs) They're also desperate to feel the warmth of another human being. They'll pay any amount of money, so... Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, number one. Investment scams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the big one. We all want to be the person who gets in on the ground floor, find the next Facebook, and spend our retirement balls deep in girls young enough to be our grandchildren. Oh, oh God! <laughs> God. <laughs> in the pursuit, assuming. Oh God, come back. In, in the pursuit of happiness, I'm old enough to be our adult grandchildren. You can't use the word oh, yeah. grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> adult grandchildren. Whoops. Um, in the pursuit of happiness, we've been fleeced for $45.2 million. Wow. But like they say, you've got to break a few eggs to scramble a tire hooker's <laughs> eggs in the future. Oh, come on. Oh, <laughs> oh that is atrocious, Brad. Uh, oh, Brad. You know. Good. <laughs> God. That's, that's, uh, that's the power rankings of PSA. They will avoid all these scams. Best power rankings for surely, surely every every investment that doesn't pay off kind of feels like a scam. Yeah, you Because you'd never know if the person actually... Yeah, you'd never know if the person was actually ever going to be good on it. Yeah. You guys know how I made thousands of dollars on Bitcoin. Mm. Every, yeah, you did. Everyone told me that was a scam. Yeah. And well. it wasn't. Wasn't a scam. Well, you scammed yourself, player. Oh, you, right. you didn't stay for long enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ejected way too early. <laughs> you scammed yourself out of heaps of money. Yeah, I made yeah. thousands, but I could have made hundreds of thousands. Mm. Yeah. So I started a podcast <laughs> instead. <laughs> PayPal.me slash Brad is bad person. Exactly. Pay my bills. Mm. 
Can people can people pay us in Bitcoin? Can you set that up? I absolutely can. Mm. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yes, we would prefer some, non-traceable funds. Send us send us some Bitcoin or some uh, Ethereum or some Dogecoin. <laughs> Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Yeah. Some Potcoin. Dennis Rodman's Potcoin. Oh, yeah, send us some Potcoin. What's the Dogecoin running at at the moment? I have no idea. Surely it must be thousands of dollars a coin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think if I think if Lachlan and I were in charge of Brett's power rankings, our number one scam would have been taxes. <laughs> oh, absolutely! <laughs> How was, many people get scammed? What fifteen million people get scammed for yeah, yeah. the ATO? Yeah. yeah, every working adult gets scammed. I, I was running these numbers off the ACCC website, and they obviously don't include taxes. <laughs> no, because they're funded by taxes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, that would be number it's one. the ultimate scam. It is the That's ultimate right. scam. Taxation is theft. One year I got a call from the ATO that said I didn't declare all my income last year. And I was like, uh, okay, what did I I miss? And they were like, oh, you didn't didn't declare the interest you earned on your bank account. Uh, Fuck off. What What, was it, like $3? Yeah. Yeah, they're like, they're like, you earned $40 worth of interest and you didn't <laughs> declare it. And I was like, okay. And they're like, yeah, so you owe us, you owe us like seven bucks. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, God. Our tax dollars paid that employee more than $7 to make that phone call. <laughs> oh, and I was like, I was like, why am I getting, why am I getting taxed on, um, interest. Interest. It's, it's just income. keeping up with CPI. I'm not getting rich off it's interest. Income. And they're like, well, it's 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 income, isn't it? And yeah. I was like, you already, you've already been taxed for the income that is de- mm-hmm. <laughs> developing yep. that interest. That's like, right. That's right. You're starting That's to get there, Brad. Do, do you know what pisses me off the most, actually? Fucking stamp duty. Mm-hmm. Oh, that gives ah. it. You, you, you buy a secondhand car that's already been. Someone's paid the tax on that car. Government's go, got to get their piece, bruh. Oh, we want another piece of that. You see, you're going to pay a stamp duty on that car that's already had the tax. Fuck off! <laughs> oh, that does my head in so stamp bad. Stamp it's, it's literally a tax for nothing. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's even called stamp tax because it's like, all we have to do is stamp it mm. and we get the fucking money. Yeah. Oh, it's, just it's all digital. Serious. I don't even have to do that. And uh, the biggest the biggest scam of all is the estate tax, which is the death tax. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you earned a lot of money in your lifetime. We taxed the shit out of you when you got that money. And whatever little bit you got left, we're going to tax that shitload of it when you die. It's like that money is what was left yep. after taxes. Yeah. Now it's getting taxed. There's no yeah. way you should get taxed twice on money. Like, if you've already paid tax once, that you've been fucked hard enough as it Brad, is. Brad, Brad, Brad. There's no way you should get taxed once. No, a no, ever. I know, but ever. just assuming you've already paid tax, <laughs> you've already been fucked once. You don't get to double dickers. It's no, fucking ridiculous. To, you have to pay tax on the car that you pay a tax to register to drive on uh. the roads that your taxes have paid for, and you need to fill the car with petrol. That <laughs> this is why I was unemployed for so long. I just felt like I needed to get a piece of this pack. Uh, well, all taxation <laughs> is theft by is. very definition because it is, is, it is money taken from you uh, under duress by the threat of violence because if you don't pay your taxes, eventually a man with a gun will show up to your house. Then again, taxes are the prices we pay to <laughs> <take> off <laughs> in a civilized society. Thank you for listening to Brad is a bad person. We appreciate you listening. We love our listeners. Uh, I was looking at our episode that released... 
today. Uh, last time I checked it had 17 listens pretty much straight away after being uploaded. So thank you, you 17 people. We appreciate you uh, getting straight on there, listening to our episodes straight away. We like that you're like that you're waiting for our episodes. You know, obviously you like to listen to us talking about uh, <laughs> taxes. And I'd be very happy to get more in-depth about taxes. i got a uh, lot of opinions on taxes. I was just going to be us uh, raging for an hour and a half. That's like a solid, sustained rage. Hey, if that's what the people want. Uh, hey, anyway, as I said, thank you for listening. Uh, please continue to listen. And you can go back and listen to our old episodes if you like. You'll find them at bradisabadperson.com. You'll also find links to everywhere you can subscribe to us so that you get our episodes as soon as they come out. You can be one of those 17 people that listen straight away. Uh, You'll also find links to our Facebook where you can like us, our Instagram where you can follow us, our Twitter where you can follow us, and there's a subreddit set up for us. It used to be subscribe, it's now join. You don't subscribe to a subreddit, you join a subreddit, which... Mm. Uh, you know, it seems like just semantics, but I'm sure there's some sort of psychology behind it that they're using to manipulate you into uh, some sort of behaviour. <laughs> and if you'd like to, it's a scam. If you'd like to support us, uh, support <laughs> the show. Brad is a bad person. Will always be free. But uh, if you'd like to help us out with our production costs, you can do so at paypal.me slash person. You can also go there if you'd like to sponsor an episode, uh, yeah. which is where you you pick what we talk about for an entire episode. And all and we need is your credit card details. We will also... <laughs> the expiry promote, date and the three numbers on the back impossible. We will also promote whatever it is that you have going on in your life. Uh, that you would like us to. And if you're poor like us and uh, refuse to give money to content creators, you can also support us by heading over to our iTunes page and rating and reviewing the podcast. That helps us out. That gets us in front of more people. That gets us in the ears of people who might pay us. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But we'll Uh, always be free. You don't have to pay. Yeah. You do not have to pay to listen. Don't feel bad if you don't give us money. Recommend us to five people, and then those five people will recommend us to five more people. But after a while, we That's get like, right. this shape. You get those people in your... More and more people are at the bottom. Get those people in your downstairs. <laughs> yeah, get them in your downstream. That's exactly. right. In fact, if you sign up five listeners and they all donate, we'll give you a bunch of <laughs> It's win-win. Everybody wins. It's called multi. It's called multi-level marketing. Multi-level marketing. Yeah. That's right. We all win. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs>